to At the Threshold, a podcast for ministry leaders during this new, unsettled season in the life of the church. We are your hosts, Ashley Alley Crawford and Shelley Petz. We're both clergy in the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, which is comprised of approximately a thousand churches in the states of Kansas and Nebraska. Shelley works with Clergy Faith and Wellness with the Great Plains Conference. And Ashley is the Clergy Recruitment and Development Coordinator, and we're sharing this from the Office of Clergy Excellence. Our focus here in At the Threshold is to host a conversation with and for clergy in order to describe what's happening, ask questions to help get us unstuck, and encourage the heart of pastors and leaders in this liminal time in which we find ourselves. Liminal may be a new word, but a new season calls for a new word. Liminal means a threshold from what we've always known to, well, we don't know just yet what life and ministry is becoming. Our goal here is to find a little light at the threshold. We want to welcome everyone joining us today for this important conversation. Our topic today is discerning spiritual direction in a season of uncertainty. The practice of spiritual direction is an act of paying attention to God in an intentional way. It's always a good idea to cultivate a relationship with a spiritual director, but if ever there was a time to do so, this season of uncertainty and possibility is made for a season of having a companion in in our journey here. Shelley, will you tell us just a little bit about spiritual direction as a a practice? Yes. Some may call it spiritual companioning or spiritual friendship, but the key elements are attending to the presence, activity, and the voice of God in one's life through the gentle direction of another. Clergy often have an important role in ministry to serve as a spiritual director for others in their community. It's a role of asking intentional questions that invite others to attend to the presence and voice of God. Some individuals receive additional training in this realm and are called and equipped specifically for this ministry. According to Marjorie Thompson, the director of Pathways Center for Christian Spirituality of the Upper Room in Nashville, Tennessee, A spiritual director typically listens to us, helps us to notice things, helps us to respond to God with greater freedom, points us to practical disciplines of spiritual growth, and will love us and pray for us. A spiritual director is someone who can help us see and name our own experience of God. Spiritual directors do not have all the answers to every question that arises, They can and do guide us, teach us, hold up a mirror, or confront us to hold us accountable. They are able to guide out of their own relationship with listening to God. Well, I was first introduced to spiritual direction about 20 years ago when I was in seminary. And to be honest, I was immediately drawn to the idea of meeting with someone who didn't need anything from me, someone that I didn't have to care for or nurture. Um, as so many of my relationships when I first started out in ministry were, were really um, 
uh, were reciprocal or were really focused on an outpouring from me. So in seminary, I started to be awakened to many new aspects of spirituality and, and Christian maturity. And I craved that relationship with someone who had kind of traversed some of these foreign territories before me. Sadly, unfortunately, it took me over a decade uh, before I was able to create the space to take action and to meet with a director. Uh, however, in the midst of, a, of my last ministry transition six years ago, I knew it was time. And I did some research and I found a director in my area. And in the last six, six years, um, I've met um, about monthly um, with, with a spiritual director. And she's asked me questions that I've not thought of or, or had the courage to articulate, perhaps. Occasionally, she's given me an assignment or some homework, um, given me um, a little bit of, of uh, direction of, of something to do to kind of tap into the things that I'm sensing and, and feeling. Uh, and she's just walked alongside me. I have friends and I have mentors and I have trusted confidence, confidants. And her role is different from all of these things. My spiritual life and other aspects of my life as well have been shaped by this experience in and around spiritual direction. We are privileged today to have three people join us who have walked alongside numerous people in spiritual companionship. They have all given their lives in different types of ministry and leadership and offer us a wealth of perspectives on the practice of spiritual direction. Reverend Dr. Connie Wilson is a retired elder from here in the Great Plains. She serves in a variety of ministry contexts. She has served mega, rural, suburban, and new church starts, whose ministry of spiritual direction precedes her ordained ministry. She has served on many not-for-profit boards, currently serving on the Integral Christian Network, and has served as faculty teaching spiritual direction. She's currently the director of Companions on the Journey, where she offers spiritual direction and supervision, as well as internal family systems coaching. Connie, we welcome you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Reverend Stephen Griffith is retired after serving churches for 35 years here in Nebraska. He served the community in a variety of capacities throughout these years, and after retirement, served as executive of Nebraskans for Alternatives to the Death Penalty and as an interim pastor in several congregations. He just can't get out of the local church. <laughs> His training has been in interfaith spiritual direction from the Chaplaincy Institute in Berkeley, California, and he served on a number of boards in the area of social justice, interfaith dialogue, and the arts. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Matthew Johnson describes himself as a contemplative pilgrim walking the path that is Jesus the Christ. He serves as the director of spiritual formation for the neighboring movement, which is based in Wichita, and also the Missional Wisdom Foundation, a national movement. He's authored several books and study guides in the area of spiritual formation and hosts a weekly podcast, The Neighbor Next Door. Matthew, we are so glad you are here. Welcome to you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Connie, we'd like to start with you. Will you tell us something that maybe didn't show up in your bi biography and tell us why did you get started in spiritual direction? So the way I got started in spiritual direction is I was um, looking for what I would have named as a 
spiritual mentor early in my Christian life. I didn't grow up in a Christian context, and so I didn't come to uh, religion, really, or faith until I was older and married. And um, I was in a Stephen ministry program. I met a Catholic priest, and I said, I am looking for somebody to help guide my path, to help me learn more. And he said, well, you need a spiritual director. And I said, what's a spiritual director? <laughs> and, and, and he told me. And so um, I asked people like Levitt Weems, who was then at St. Paul's School of Theology, where might I go to find a spiritual director? And he recommended a community in Atchison, Kansas. They were just starting a brand new program called Sojourners. And so I went to find a spiritual director. And by the time I left my conversation with one of the sisters there, I was enrolled in the program to become a spiritual director. So it was kind of a serendipitous um, event and it's made all the difference in my life. Share a bit about how you began in this journey. Steve, I think that's for you. Oh, I missed, I missed the beginning sorry, of it. Steve? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so, well, a couple of things that didn't show up in the, uh, the biography. Uh, over the last uh, two months, I've uh, had uh, some significant change in my life, and uh, uh, I, I got married. I moved to a new apartment, uh, and I started a new job. Uh, my wife, Mary Kay Totty, is on the, uh, uh, on the podcast uh, with us, watching along or listening in or something. And uh, starting a new job, I have, uh, am now in uh, an interim pastor, transition pastor situation with a Lutheran church in Lincoln. And so I'm, I'm practicing our ecumenical partnerships and uh, enjoying uh, walking with them. I've been learning new vocabulary like synod and call and uh, uh, and learning new structures. It's, it's a delight to be with the congregation here. How I got started? Well, um, I, I had been attending uh, spiritual retreats and uh, over for many years and involved in, um, uh, in the five-day academy for spiritual formation in Nebraska. And then uh, uh, several people encouraged me to, to uh, take uh, the the two-year academy for spiritual formation and uh, uh, found that to be a very rich experience. And in the process, one of the, the practices uh, that, that uh, we emphasize in the academy is spiritual direction. And so I, I became involved in, in uh, seeing a spiritual director for, for quite a number of years. And as I approached retirement, I, I realized I'd been doing, uh, doing uh, ministry very much like spiritual direction, uh, but I decided to, to um, um, go through a training program and do that work more intentionally uh, in retirement. Well, that's how I got started. I, and I ha have had an interest in other religions and appreciation for other religions. And so as I looked around and chose a program, uh, I uh, chose one that, 
that had uh, uh, an intentional interfaith focus. Thank you. We're so glad you're with us today. Matthew, will you share a bit of anything extra from that was not shared already and, and how you began in this process? Sure. Um, it's always, yeah, what to share that's not in a bio uh, is such an interesting question to consider. Um, you know, I want to go with uh, that, that I didn't get to mention that I love folk music. This is just really a random side thing, but you know, you never get to put that in a, in a bio, right? So I actually play in a folk band. And um, the reason we call ourselves a folk band is, is that's like code language for not being very good. Uh, so we're, uh, I'm a folk musician, um, which means I'm not that great, but I love it. And uh, so, um, so that's, that's a little bit about me. Um, as far as my journey into spiritual direction, uh, it actually started when I was working in the church. Uh, I was working at the Andover United Methodist Church and uh, just outside Wichita, I was uh, the youth pastor. And uh, in the midst of that work, I felt so um, kind of isolated. I, I wasn't, I didn't feel like there was a space where I could really talk about what I was questioning or what I was struggling with because I was either teaching, um, you know, the students, or if I went to a Sunday school class, I was in a room with, with the students' parents, you know, and I felt uncomfortable talking about some of my own questions and struggles. And I went to my senior pastor and said, I, I need someone that I can talk to. And, uh, and he wonderfully said, I, I think what you may be looking for is a spiritual director. And he knew someone and referred me to her and um, I began meeting um, at that point, and it was during the season of Lent, I remember meeting um, and uh, processing Psalm 139 uh, with each session. And um, so it was, it was a tremendous gift to have some space where I could just be totally honest and um, vulnerable about my own struggles and, and questions. Uh, that was a great gift. And not long after that, actually, I um, just by myself, I worked through the Companions in Christ series. I don't know if any of you remember that. Um, it was such a great curriculum. I, and I read through the whole thing. And when I got to the end, um, there was a little uh, like a survey that you could take of, um, you know, how God might be calling you forward. And I filled that out. And, and the survey results said, you might want to think about spiritual direction. And um, I uh, reached out to the director that I had met for that season and asked her if she, you know, if, if I was crazy or if this is something I should pursue. And uh, she said, this sounds great and referred me to um, my current spiritual director. And, uh, and then I got connected with uh, the folks in Atchison that Connie mentioned, Sojourners, and began my my training there, and and found in in the role of spiritual director, I found that I could offer gifts that to me had always felt like liabilities before that. So I liabilities like you know I I'm really comfortable with quiet. Um, I really love going deeper in conversations. Um, I really like to listen and ask questions more than to talk. 
And um, so growing up, I had always felt like I was socially awkward because of those things. And uh, when I found spiritual direction, I discovered that uh, instead of being liabilities, that those were actually gifts that could be really helpful to folks. And so that began my journey of training and, um, and then walking with folks on their own spiritual journeys. Oh, it's so great to hear the the origin story for each of you and how the and and how this has has come to come to fruitfulness for you and it's, so it's helpful for us to hear that. Thank you all for sharing that. And I've heard Matthew play, and he's he's much better than he lets on. So they play some good music and have a great time doing it. So that's awesome. Uh, well, I want to ask the the three of you a question um, here, just as we're um, we've kind of even used this word noticing, and and I've heard you all kind of talk about that idea a little bit, even in your introduction. Um, but but um, I, I'm very curious what spiritual needs you have been noticing either in yourself or in other people that, that you've been in conversation with during these last few months. Um, is, there, is there a notable difference between what you're seeing now as a spiritual spiritual need uh, than before this pandemic had kind of hit us? So Connie, would you, would you get us started here with that? Sure. Um, I think that when there's anxiety, the way there is in our country right now, there's a great need for certainty. And um, I think especially as clergy and leaders in churches, we feel like we need to have the answers. And I think this is a great opportunity for us to step into the mystery of not knowing. And to accept that we don't have all the answers, that we're not going to have all the answers, and um, moving to a place almost of humility, where we're listening deeply to the spirit and trying to discern, not necessarily what's the right thing to do or the long-range vision, but what's the next thing that I'm being called to do. And, and how does that support the greater good, the common good? Um, so I think our need for certainty is heightened. And um, I, I think that leaders in the church and in the community can help others step into a place of trust and faith. And we can look at the historical Bible you know, and, and see that we've always been able to trust our God. God's always been there. God's always guided us. God's always made a way in the wilderness. And um, I think we just share our faith and our trust in God and then in one another. Because I think it's amazing. It's always been amazing to me that God chooses to work through imperfect people. That's good. Thank you. That that sense of humility. Um, this we are all being humbled <laughs> in this season in new ways, and it's an invitation um, into that new level of trust. Thank you, Connie. That's that's really that's really helpful. Matthew or Steve, what what do you what would you all say? What have you noticed during this season? Uh, well, I I've been noticing uh, the the kind of anxiety, the collective anxiety that that Connie mentioned. And in the process, people are 
seem to me to be longing for human contact. We're spending lots of times in situations like this on Zoom. We're having conversations and church meetings and even worship virtually instead of in person. And uh, and uh, people kid around about that, but they're also, uh, I find people yearning for uh, for contact with other people uh, in in person contact and at the same time I, I I am feeling that but at the same time I'm also uh, recognizing a need uh, maybe even a greater need for solitude not just aloneness but but for intentional purposeful solitude when I'm paying attention to to myself, and uh, so I'm. I uh, myself am trying to uh, attend to that, and also to help uh, help people recognize that, help others recognize that in their conversations that we have together. That's so good. I've, I've heard um, other people kind of identify the gift of solitude during this season. And it's a gift that we do think is like the loneliness thing. And there's such a different, I mean, you're, yeah. you're naming that there's just such yeah. a different thing um, that is available to us. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Matthew, what about you? What are you noticing? Um, <clears throat> you know, I think the, the first thing that comes to my mind has been the, um, just the, the importance of space to process when I meet with folks in spiritual direction. Um, and, and I personally experienced this too. Like it's, it just, I feel like I'm on this daily roller coaster of emotions where my emotions are more amplified than they normally are. Um, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a pretty chill person. Uh, so this, this, this way of life, um, this uncertainty, um, really amplifies, anger, frustration, fear, uh, and, and I can move really quickly from those, from one to the other. And I hear that in, in the folks that I listen to as well. And so for them to have a space to come in and no matter where they were the last time we talked, that they can just be right where they are now. Uh, and just to unpack that um, seems, seems really helpful. Um, it seems to bring some healing. To, to be able to say, oh, this is where I'm at. Um, and I guess the other word in there for me is permission. Um, I feel like spiritual direction is a permission giving space to just be where you really are. Uh, because, you know, we're still, it's like, I still have work to do. I still have a life to lead. Um, and to be able to meet with someone who can let you just let it out. You know, um, I, I just, I woke up this morning and I'm just cranky or I woke up this morning and I'm just depressed. And um, to name that, uh, so that permission um, seems important, um, especially around grief um, because, you know, there's so much that, that gets taken, um, but also we're trying to keep it together. So space to grieve and, and to invite the question of where is God in the midst of the grief. Um, and then, the, the one other piece I want to name is kind of a balance to that, which is also that there are these, these glimmers of the kingdom of God kind of showing up in people's lives. Mm -hmm. So, so many times I'll enter a conversation prepared to talk about frustration or grief or anger, 
And we may, but then there's also these elements of discovery. And uh, again, going back to the word noticing, noticing what's the spirit been up to? And people, it's been, it's been deeply inspiring to me, the things that people are finding in this season and being able to say, um, you know, a deeper experience of love, a deeper call to justice, um, uh, even just very intimate experiences with with God in this time, um, being able to name and describe that and honor it um, has also seems to be uh, happening with greater frequency as well. Yeah, that's good. That's beautiful. The roller coaster, the roller coaster of it all, opens us up to some wonderful surprises as well. Right. I'd like to add there too, if I could. Uh, uh, along, uh, I have been noticing people being willing to relate to one another with a surprising patience and and flexibility um uh, there are some that that uh, may get upset and harden harden their uh, their approach to others but uh, but i've been delighted to see how willing folks are to extend a bit of grace and so uh, the associate pastor uh, here uh, the two of us have been um repeatedly thanking our staff and the congregants uh, for their patience, flexibility, and grace as we figure out how we are going to work together as a congregation uh, in a time of transition for the for the church, but also in this time of uncertainty and and exploring and feeling our way in in the society. Patience, flexibility, and grace. In fact, we've we've um, um, talked about uh, uh, our practice of being solidly flexible. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I'm ex- I'm experiencing this is very helpful in the naming of the noticing and of what's around us, and I'm wondering. Um, and for each of you as, as our guests, um, panelists, how could this specific time be a great time for spiritual direction for clergy? I think any time is an important time for spiritual direction, but in particular because of what you are noticing and what you're seeing and what we are all experiencing collectively, how could spiritual direction help keep us more rooted or grounded? How could we benefit as clergy from spiritual direction? Um, during this time, and um, what would you say to to clergy who are just wondering, is this is this right, and how could it help me during this season? Oh, okay, I'll jump in. Um, so I I think my immediate answer and the reason I would say it's so beneficial is that it is, what, it is a safe space. Um, I have found one of, the, one of the graces that I feel like has been given to me in this calling is that I am unshockable. Um, I've, I've never had a person say anything to me that made me, that even startled me. I just, and I think that's grace, right? I mean, I'm completely sincere in just hearing them and understanding that's where they are. And, um, and that feels like an important gift. You know, clergy are uh, in front of people. <laughs> like you're leading, you're teaching, you're guiding. Um, 
to have to have some safe space to be like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> whatever is coming up. Um, I find that to be helpful. And then the other thing I was thinking about, well, one one of my directees um, uh, who's on the East Coast actually um, is a pastor, and he is he is one of the healthiest, spiritually healthiest people I know. Um, he is so well rooted, um, well trained takes really good care of himself. But even, even for him, this season, um, both in the UMC and globally with the pandemic, um, has, has just really pushed him. And I, I mean, I guess I wanna say pushed him down to where um, we, when we meet, um, he's really been processing just very, very difficult things. And, and it's just a reminder to me that even someone who who is is really really healthy really has good boundaries and good practices already, um, the landscape keeps changing so rapidly that he he really appreciates having that. I mean, he's named. He appreciates having that space to come back in to say, okay, where am I at today? Um, what do I need to adjust? Um, you know how has the spirit been speaking into my life and how do I go along? How do I follow what the spirit has been inviting me to discover? So, um, yeah. So for me, those are a couple of things that seem really beneficial um, for clergy in this time. I'm going to talk a little bit about um, vulnerability right now, because I think the power of distraction in this time is huge. And, there are some very unhealthy distractions that we um, are tempted to pursue during this time, and there's time and space to do that. And so I would offer spiritual direction, not only as a deepening spiritual practice and a supportive, nurturing um, setting of career companioning, but as a place to really explore our own humanity. And when we are uncertain, what, what are we experiencing that our congregants might be experiencing? And how can we be in that place of unshockability where someone can reveal everything um, in a very honest and vulnerable way and know that there is no condemnation, there is no judgment. There is a safe place where they can um, discover some new things about themselves, which in turn helps them discover relating to their human population. Yeah, I, I agree, Connie, that's really insightful. And um, I, uh, I've been noticing uh, posts on Facebook uh, by pastors who who are are uh, struggling to figure out how to be pastors in in this time. How to uh, when all of the usual ways, all of the assumptions about how we do church seem to be uh, uh, um, just in upheaval and and. Um, um, some of the things I'm I'm seeing and hearing from pastors is that they're questioning who they are, 
what their purpose is and and maybe who they can trust and and spiritual direction is is an environment a relationship where where you can admit that where someone could say i don't know what i'm doing here um and um just and the spiritual director can can be there just to hear that and receive it and hold it in a safe space and and let the person explore that and admit that without worry of of being um of being singled out and uh, and shamed in public um in a time when we might be questioning our own competency uh, or our capabilities, um, spiritual direction is is an important part of a of a a broader spiritual practice of tending our souls and and being reassured, uh, reminded that that God does love us and God has given us the the capacity for uh, for amazing relationships and um, and we need to hear that again and again. And there's one thing that goes way back in the tradition, and and that is the process of confession. Yes, having someone witness the pastor's confession, right. and in um, a system that's. Um, in anxiety and instability at this point, I think having a place to exercise that spiritual practice of confession and forgiveness and having a witness for that is a power sacramental thing. Well, I think that there is um, oftentimes a difference between like a desire. I know that this kind of practice is something that would be good for me and then also making it happen. I mentioned I might have had a decade between the first inkling I had of a desire for a spiritual director um, to when I actually uh, made it a priority and made it figured out how to how to, to do that. So I think sometimes there are barriers that that prevent people from being able to initiate um, this spiritual practice or any other spiritual practice. But specifically thinking about spiritual direction, sometimes it may feel cost prohibitive or distant. You don't know where to start. You don't know how to find a good match. Um, feeling like maybe even if you don't have the luxury of this because you're too much in the trenches. Um, I think sometimes people feel that. How would you, how would each of you address some of those concerns um, and, and invite people into um, to, to navigating that um, as, a, as, a, as a new spiritual practice, particularly during this season? Matt, would you, would you get us started? Matthew, would you get us started? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I am really grateful for the, um, and, and I actually started with a quote from Marjorie Thompson. Um, I am very grateful for something that she writes uh, in Soul Feast about spiritual direction and in saying that if you feel uh, led this direction, the best place to start is to pray about it. Um, mm-hmm. But if you are feeling like you would benefit from, uh, you know, having a companion walk beside you, pray that that God would help you find that person, um, that the spirit would open a way. Uh, to connect with who that is. Um, I think um, there's, 
I mean, that's true in my own journey. I, you know, it was the longing. It wasn't a well-articulated prayer, um, but I could feel that longing and, you know, reached out and followed the doors that opened and, um, and found, found my director, which I've been meeting with my director now for 17 years, mm-hmm. um, which is a tremendous gift. Um, I know I don't look that old, but anyway, that's another story. Um, so we've, we've been meeting for 17 years and, and what, one of the gifts of that is just, he, he's been with me through a lot of the ups and downs and he knows and can call back parts of my own story that I have forgotten. Um, and which has been tremendously encouraging. So, um, so I think praying about it, uh, is a great place to start. The other thing that I think is really helpful is uh, uh, I think many spiritual directors do this is to start with just a one-on-one introductory conversation. Um, so don't, you know, to not feel like, Oh, I'm, you know, like I'm committing to this forever. Um, what I encourage people to do, and I would encourage someone seeking a director to propose this if the director doesn't is first of all, just meet, uh, you know, um, get to know each other, hear each other's stories, because you can get a good feel, you know, for the chemistry in that space. Um, and if it feels like a good, you know, good match, then the next step I would suggest would be meeting three times um, to get a feel for, is this what we were looking for? Um, you know, are there aspects of it that are not quite aligned? Um, so after the third a meeting, a spiritual direction session, we can do an evaluation and and see if this is feeling right. And um, it may be that we just need to make some adjustments um, or it may be that um, I'm not the right person for you. And I, I realized one of the ways I knew I was called to spiritual direction was when I got to that third session and I, as a spiritual director, felt completely at peace with hearing a directee say, this doesn't quite feel right because what I really desire most is for them to find the right person. And so if I'm not the right person, then, you know, but I, I, if I'm not the right person, I'm happy to try to find someone. Uh, And now we've met a few times, I may have some insight into who you can connect with. So I I think it helps just knowing like, you, you know, you're not committing you're not committing to a seven-year, seventeen-year commitment. <laughs> if you if you reach out to me, right, uh, um, we'll we'll discern it together. So th- those are some thoughts. Wow, that's a great great starting place, Connie. What about you? Well, I think from the spiritual direction um, position, you know, I, I view all of our relationships as covenant relationships, but it's always about what. How can you be in service to that person? And you are beholding a sacred person. And in my experience, um, when people first come, they often cannot articulate what they want and what they need and, and how or why they're really even seeking you. They're there to have you help them discover what opportunities might um, present themselves. And so I totally agree with Matthew. I uh, meet with people always at least once or twice if they don't feel 
certain about things. We explore things. There's nothing that's off limits. Um, I ask them some questions and I tell them they can ask me anything. If we're going to have a, an honest relationship, that means that things are um, reciprocal. There are appropriate boundaries. But if, if you're going to really do some soul work, you need to be able to get past the level of the ego. So, um, yeah, and I'm going to say something bold that I hope that the conference hears. You know, therapists have supervisions. Therapists are in therapy. Spiritual directors and pastors, I believe that it's one of the practices that if you're in pastoral leadership or church leadership, you need to be working on your own spiritual development. And so I encourage us as a conference to look at that being part of our EAP program, that it would be something that the conference would really look at scholarshiping, helping to fund or whatever, yeah. because it does nothing but improve the quality of everyone's spiritual life. That's a good, a good word. And I have a little bit of a glimmer of encouragement in that that I'll share at the end. Oh, so good. thank you. Good. Yeah. yeah, I say amen to that too, yeah. Connie. And uh, um, one of the um, one of the the blocks, obstacles to finding spiritual direction or engaging in it might be finding the right person, and and the right person might not be uh, down the street from you, um, or even up the road. To, uh, Matthew, you talked about uh, working with a directee um, on the East Coast, and um, uh, there are different challenges uh, to meeting long distance by phone or Skype or Zoom, um, but sometimes that can be very, very effective, and so uh, uh, I hope that no one will feel like they have to drive far uh, to to uh, uh, from the from the small town where you may be the only pastor in town um, uh, to a big city where you can be anonymous or find the resources uh, now with with technology we really do have access to all kinds of amazing people uh, all over the country and uh, so I hope that the folks would would uh, be willing to explore that. And uh, um, I know different denominations have lists of, of spiritual directors through their programs. And I think, Ashley, you're working on a project for, uh, for this conference. And uh, Spiritual Directors International is another very, very good resource. Um, um, and I, th I think maybe all three of us on this uh, on this uh, panel are uh, part of uh, our members of Spiritual Directors International. And so I, I encourage people to explore, uh, find out what you can. And, uh, and yes, have, have at that initial meeting with someone as a conversation and, uh, and explore whether it feels like a good fit or not. I want to say one other tiny thing about that. Sometimes um, I have wanted in the last 22 years to have somebody that would particularly challenge me. So somebody that I thought was could lead me 
to like the next step. Yeah. So it made me a little uncomfortable sometimes. Hmm. That's good. I, one, uh, one other piece too I wanted to share is that oftentimes when we talk about spiritual direction, it's, it's the heavier stuff. You know, it's kind of, it's that soul work, but, but it's not always a problem that you have to bring. And I, you know, Connie, you name, sometimes we don't even know when we show up um, what it is that we're seeking. And I think sometimes, sometimes it's space to savor the good stuff and to celebrate the joys. And um, so it's not just about, you know, the, the, the heavy problems Uh, it's because the spirit leads us in the midst of the struggles but also in the midst of, of the celebrations and the gifts. So. And it's a place where you can celebrate your own ministry as well. Yes. You know, something's going well in your ministry or, you know, you've been gifted in a certain way to bring healing or whatever. Yeah. yeah the spiritual director that I saw for many years uh, uh, would always begin our, se- our session with, the question where where have you noticed god uh and and there were times when that was uh, exploring some issue why i led us to explore some issue but i remember one session where i noticed i had noticed in driving one day i had noticed a bird uh flying actually is soaring uh gliding on the air currents and um and actually followed along, and I was able to watch that bird for several minutes as I drove along. We spent the whole session just marveling at the wonder of that and how I felt about how what what feelings and what uh, excitement that prompted in me. And that, that was a joyous, joyous time and deeply spiritual. Very exciting. So good. Are so grateful for the depth of wisdom from our panelists today. And our panelists have been intentional that they know that there's a depth of wisdom for everyone who is with us today. And there may be things that are bubbling up from your conversations that you just had, or excitements, or possibilities, or questions. We invite you to write those in the chat. They especially wanted to hear um, hear what's, what you're needing and what you're sensing. And so um, we want to get to some of those. One of the questions that has come up is, how do you find a spiritual director? How do you begin this journey? Um, Earlier, uh, while uh, while people were in the breakout rooms, I mentioned Spiritual Directors International. Um, I think it's sdiworld.org. uh, the conference, uh, the Great Plains Conference, is working on a listing of spiritual directors. Uh, other denominations, uh, for example, the Nebraska Synod, the ELCA, has a, a really marvelous uh, listing of spiritual directors available. And one of the things I would uh, suggest is that we don't have to stay within our own denomination. For many years, I uh, worked with a a Catholic sister. Um, I have also worked with a UCC um, uh, uh, spiritual director. Uh, And uh, and there's some wisdom and some benefit 
perhaps to seeing someone, for a pastor to see someone outside their own denominational circles. There may be at least a, a feeling of being safer if, if there isn't um, the worry of, of um, uh, another uh, uh, fellow clergy reporting back to the district superintendent or the bishop. Uh, even though uh, as spiritual directors, we follow a code of ethics that says we're not, we're not reporting to anybody. Um, but uh, some people may have that lingering sense of, of uh, vulnerability that might feel safer to go to, uh, to another arena to, to find a director. I'm, I'm wondering for each of our panelists, if you have a final word of encouragement or hope or pastoral wisdom that you would offer to us in this season. Well, I would say don't give up. Um, Try, try something. There, Thomas Merton, um, uh, there's a prayer attributed to Thomas Merton that starts out, my Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I don't see the road ahead of me. Uh, I can't know where it will end. Um, and I don't even really know myself. And the fact I think I'm following your will, oh God, doesn't mean that I'm actually doing that. But I believe that the desire to please you pleases you. And uh, that, that gives me a lot of hope. So the, the desire to do something, the desire to seek God is, is really the first step in seeking God. The desire to pay attention to, to your spirit is paying attention to your spirit. And uh, uh, that's a good place to start. So keep doing that, keep desiring. I, I think the, the, that's fantastic. I kind of want to just, that felt like a mic drop moment. Um, but, but I will, I will um, share just for me, the, two pieces of hope actually this morning, you know, reading um, Romans eight, that, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Um, it was a real good word for me for today, probably for every day right now. Um, because it feels like there's so much. And that's, that's really my hope, right? Mm -hmm. That, that there's, there's nothing. Um, my own frailty is mm -hmm. not going to separate me from the love of God. Um, the other word of hope that I would offer, and I feel very fortunate to get to companion with people because I hear it again and again. Um, and I wish everybody could hear all of the stories that I hear. The spirit is really on the move. Um, and it's, you know, it's not showing up in the ways that maybe, uh, it used to like the, you know, uh, the spirits moving in different ways and, but, but the spirits moving and really powerful things are happening in people's lives. Um, and, and that gives me tremendous hope. Um, God, God is faithful. So I was reading Romans today too, only it was, um, do not be conformed to this world, but that by the renewing of your mind, 
And that takes me back to Isaiah when um, God was saying, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And sometimes those new things are uncomfortable. And out of chaos comes creativity. And so I think the spirit is active and alive and talking to people if we pay attention and listen. So um, I believe like maybe we're almost in, there's an opportunity for a new Pentecost. Yeah. Uh, such a, such good and important um, rootedness that you guys are offering us from a place of stillness and solitude uh, places of slowness and silence, uh, things that probably don't come naturally to us. Many of us the, that are clergy um, don't, um, we, we get caught in, in all the different things, at least I do. And so you all are reminding us to kind of lean into the places of vulnerability and the gifts of this season in new ways. And I just am so grateful for each of you who have, have offered um, these words and your witness, it is obvious from each, uh, from this, this time that we've had with you all today, that you live and that you embody that, that of which you speak. And so I am personally incredibly grateful. And, um, and so we just want to thank you for that. Well, we, we do want to um, in, invite and introduce some new resources that are going to be available uh, that we want to, to offer through the Great Plains Conference. So we are very, you guys are hearing it here for the first time, um, that we are creating some new things on our website, our Great Plains website about spiritual direction and just some other opportunities to kind of nurture our souls. And so uh, very coming very soon, you will be able to, to find two things that we're really excited to share. First, we have collected some recommendations of some spiritual directors. So you ought to see um, hopefully these names here if they're able to, to take on some new directees, but some other folks that we've learned about um, who are interested in, um, in providing this role as spiritual director for those in our community. and. Um, this will be a spiritual director listing um, in case you are interested in, in initiating a conversation about a, with a spiritual director. And also very soon we're going to have some information on the website about some grants for clergy in the area of soul care. And this could include some grants uh, for meeting with a spiritual director. So kind of what Connie was, was pointing to um, a little bit earlier. So you can find uh, all of this information at www.greatplainsumc.org slash spiritual dash direction. So on the Great Plains website slash spiritual dash direction. We also want to invite you to consider um, joining us for our next and upcoming conversations. In September, we are going to be going back to school as students across um, communities are headed back to school in a variety of ways, we too are gonna be engaging in some different topics during September. Two of the topics that we'll be exploring are the relevance and importance of uh, what, what theology and ecclesiology look like as we're navigating a season of uncertainty and possibility. So we've invited seminary and college professors to help us think about these two topics. Indeed, every time we gather, we're thinking theologically and ecclesiologically. 
but we're going to look at this specifically in September. And so we invite you to join us in our next conversation, which will be Thursday, September 10th. And to register for this and other upcoming conversations, you can find more resources at greatplainsumc.org at dash the dash threshold. Well, we hope that today in a season in which we are as a society navigating, how can we could, how we can be together um, in the same physical space, you've been reminded that to walk as a follower of Christ, we really truly are never alone. And while many of our expressions of gathering, including in our local congregations has changed, we can navigate these new possibilities and perhaps find deeper connection to God and to others during this time. But Marjorie Thompson speaks in her book, Soul Feast. Spiritual companionship in the Christian life is a precious gift and a precious grace. Our journeys are not meant to be utterly solitary. Trying to be faithful to God can be a lonely and trying path. We need each other. We grow best in community. St. John of the Cross put this truth into an eloquently simple statement four centuries ago. God has so ordained things that we grow in faith only through the frail instrumentality of one another. May we find joy in being such instruments for one another. us in this series about ministry in liminal time. You can find links to join future conversations at greatplainsumc.org slash clergy resources or listen to them as a podcast at greatplainsumc.org slash podcasts. This is a challenging season full of confusion and uncertainty and we want to shed a little light to help you discern the way through. Thank you for joining us at The Threshold.